After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now you wanna get mixed up in the family business? Introducing the Godfather at ChapaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Time now for a Hot Mic with Andy Strickland. Did you really just say that publicly? Jamal Mayers. And now you see guys stretching on the red line, talking about where they went to dinner last night. Mm-hmm. I uh, could do a little bit without that. Say a hi after the game. And Tim Peel. I woke up this morning at 4 a.m. and and I had the sweats going. Uh, <laughs> like the last time I had a microphone, it didn't really turn out too well for me. On 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. And what's up, St. Louis? Welcome into the show. Great to have you with us, as always. It's Hot Mike, baby. Uh, every Tuesday, except today's the last one. Jamal right. Mayer's Andy Strickland with you here today. What's up, Jammer? How are we doing? Uh, Tim Peel, we should mention, is on assignment. He's playing golf. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, well, I thought the uh, show was over when the, uh, when the blues were out, you know? <laughs> No, no, listen, we're good. We're going to give him the... I don't think he's missed a show the entire season, so we'll give him a pass. It's the last one. We'll miss Peelzy today, but nonetheless, we have uh, lots to get into. No, he's been a good soldier, and um, he deserves a day off uh, golfing. I think he's golfing with Big Walt, so... He is. I know they probably have it on in the golf cart, so... And uh, I believe uh, Jimmy O'Brien and uh, Doug Krogan, so they got a good foursome. Nice. Are you... you, you're always kind of been like kind of a golfer, but not really a golfer. I do enjoy it. I think once uh, my oldest daughter was born, the uh, the days of – to get better at golf, you have to golf three times a week. So when you're playing and then you're working out at 7, 8 in the morning, get done working out at 10, say we're going to go golf at 11, you're done at four. That didn't go over very well. So if you can't play – as often as you'd like, three times a week, you're not going to get better. So for me, it was like just better not to play at all. And I hear now you. the girls are getting older. C- crew wants to play. Harper wants to play a little bit. I'm going to get back into it. Have your girls ever gotten into it? My middle one likes it, so mm-hmm. we'll see. Maybe we can get her playing regularly and get some lessons. And Hey, listen, all the parents out there, if I have one regret, it's um, that I didn't join the golf team in high school. <laughs> Because oh. not only because I'm terrible at that's golf. That's your only regret? Uh, that's, well, that's the biggest one right now All right. that I can think of. All right. There I may be a, few, a couple other ones. I got ones. a few for you, but okay. <laughs> hey, but because here's the deal. In golf, like I don't think they cut anybody. I think anybody who comes out is probably on the golf team. And you get free golf every day. And they teach you how to play. So if there's ever a better way to learn the game and to play consistently, it's joining the golf team in high school. 
It's a great point. That's why I would do it, just to learn the game and get those reps because I'm trying now uh, in my 40s to, like, learn golf, and it's just not happening. You mentioned, you mentioned three times a week. Did right? you watch this? Boy, I have to cut you off. Yeah. Did anybody get to see, if not, after you listen to the show, go to Cam and Strick's social media. I don't know if it's on Twitter. It might be on Instagram. I think it's Twitter. And watch... <laughs> Strick hit a golf ball or attempt to hit a golf yeah. ball. Wow, buddy. Hey. I don't think you're ready for the course. Well, like you're at that level right now. Did you see the whole video we put out where I actually had some good shots? No, they didn't. I didn't see that part. Okay, I'll show you that one. Uh, well, I need to see that but, one because as bad as I, I saw as was... bad as I am, I honestly I'm better than Cam. I mean Seriously? that. Yes. Have you ever played with Cam? No. Really? No. Did you grow up playing golf in Toronto? On the mean streets my, of Toronto? Uh, my stepdad introduced me to golf when I was 15 or 16 mm -hmm. and taught me how to play. And I never, t it's one thing about, I wish tennis and golf, I play them recreationally. Yeah. I wish I would have taken like lessons because I play it poorly mm -hmm. the wrong way. Fundamentally. Yeah. If you watch like someone who grew up playing tennis, yeah. that just, they can always play tennis. I know. Right? Golfer, you can always play golf. My, oh. I figured out a way to survive on the golf course. Mm -hmm. I still need like lessons. Yeah. All my kids took, tennis and one of them still does that's great yeah and and they and they like it and I, I don't know when they start playing matches <laughs> it's like i'm going to tennis it's like i'm going to tennis every week i go watch and like they do the same thing every week i'm like waiting for like a a match you know <laughs> it's patience, not like going to baseball patience. or something where you go like soccer like you're gonna watch a game or whatever well they can't serve yet so i'm sure it takes I know. a little bit of time i know you just wonder when that's gonna happen all right uh last night was game three I got a couple of different directions to go in here, Jamal. First off, people were like acting a little too surprised for me when Colorado was up two nothing. Like, did everyone not pay attention to the Colorado Avalanche this year? How dominant they were, and I think most people probably looked at them as the favorite throughout the course of the year to win the cup. Like, it just felt like this was their year. They were so good, and nobody should have been surprised to see them take the first two games of the series. It was so lopsided. Tampa Bay wins game three and everyone's changing their analysis. I mean, I don't think this was going to be a four game sweep. I'm not surprised to see Tampa Bay win game three and I wouldn't be surprised to see Colorado win game four. Well, a few things here. I think that underestimating the speed of Colorado and the scar tissue that they have developed from years past and, and the failures that they've had the way that they were able to build you know Sackick built that 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 fourth line not sure if Newhook and Obe Kubel are on it but certainly O'Connor and the way he's developed and I mm -hmm. saw the first game of the year firsthand um for Colorado they, yeah for yeah. Colorado this is a team that is unbelievably fast that has that winning pedigree and that that uh, desire to get there. I don't think they thought it was going to be this easy, especially the first two games. I think they were trying to tell themselves the right things, that there was going to be a great response from Tampa. You knew that Tampa would respond. They've won two consecutive Stanley Cups. They have a ton of pride. They're certainly not going to go down without a fight. And they showed it. And I find it funny that people... And I haven't heard anyone really say it. I haven't seen Mike Johnson's analysis. I always think he's pretty bang on. Mm -hmm. But all you have to do is listen to Coop 
in the way that he described the way that they played, they didn't defend. Mm -hmm. They didn't slow them down. And what do they mean about that? What does he mean about recovering and getting back up atop? He said the D were making poor decisions. On, on top the, of their speed is he, something he's he He's got to get on yeah. top of them. And so what that means is once the puck turns over, you have to work as a forward to get above their guy mm -hmm. so that he has to go through you to get to the free ice in the neutral zone. If you don't work to get above, then they're just skating out freely. Mm -hmm. Not only that, you compound that with defense that we're taking and making poor decisions mm -hmm. to pinch, not even on a 50-50, on the hopes that they would get there in time. Mm -hmm. Great defensemen were doing it in game one McDonough. and two. McDonough. I was shocked. I know. And that's the adjustment they made. Mm -hmm. They stopped pinching when they shouldn't be. Yeah, pinch on a long rim pinch, meaning the pinch, if the puck's on one end and goes rimming all around, right. absolutely go. Then you have enough time for the forward to cover mm -hmm. your position and you can keep pucks alive. But pinching on the strong side for no reason was just asking for odd man situations, and that's what they got. They they fed into Colorado and their transition game. So the adjustments that they made, and credit to Cooper and his staff, and the execution by the team, and, and now it's a chess match. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, if you're Tampa Bay, does it matter if you lost two games in a row and you're down 2-1? No. What we're telling each other, if I'm on Tampa, is saying we could have been tied 1-1 and right. they won game game three. Mm -hmm. Big deal. Now we go win game four and we're tied. doesn't matter that it, how it ended up 2-0. Mm -hmm. It's 2-1. Yeah. The next game is massive. And, you know, the fact that Tampa's played so well at home, uh, how many times, I mean, I think I read a stat today that they the last time they let a five on five goal against in Tampa was against the Toronto Maple Leafs when Tavares scored. Really? That's how long ago. Yeah, it was. because Colorado was two for four last night on the power play. And they've been living and they've been living on the power play a lot throughout the course of the postseason, which is why you can't take penalties against them. Um you know, Vasilevsky wasn't great in the first couple of games either. I know people don't like to say that because he's you know, put himself in a category where he's he's considered one of the all-time greats already. I think that's a little premature. I, we talked about that. So you really do it. Because you've heard other people say that now too, right? I've heard it a lot. And I think, well, settle down. Pump the brakes. Mm -hmm. I think he's a great goalie. I think he's done well. He's got a great team in front of him. He's only 27. Apparently, you got to shoot blocker though. Yeah. Oh, my God. So game two, they lose 7 nothing. It can't be just on everybody else, right? He He's one of the greatest ever. I don't remember seeing Marty Berger or Patrick Waugh give up seven goals in a Stanley Cup final game. No, he probably would have slashed one of his defensemen. <laughs> Both so, of those guys so are fiery. He, so he's great, but at the same time, I think it's been proven that you can get to him. You can get to him. And I think that they they did get to him, and they have that formula. Not to digress and change in a different direction, I apologize for doing this, but he's been good. You know, he, he rebounded extremely well. Yeah. He still showed holes in his game. How about the other side? And, and, and terrible. Th and thinking, but also, you can't go and switch goalies now if you're Colorado. Okay, because you you always have this like strong opinion on this. Yes, and I and I've, I'm of the belief that it's changed a little bit because I think it's been proven that maybe you can because goaltending is so good now versus maybe where it used to be even okay. 10, 15, 20 you're years ago. And you what do goalies. you do? Do you keep playing? I know Kemper has been the guy all season long. He's gotten pulled now uh, numerous times here in this postseason. He's suffered numerous injuries, 
And the guy who came in yesterday, I know he gave up a power play goal against, but he's also a guy who, and, and he's average too, don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting here and, and going to say this guy. But at the same time, he did get them through a series, right, in the third round. I think he won, I think he played four or five games in that series. So, all right, I guess three games. It was a sweep. So, um, you know, he, 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 he's proven that he can win on the stage. I don't disagree that maybe you go back to Kemper for game four. He's your guy. But I, I don't know where this is going to go. How much confidence can you have in this guy? I don't see him flipping a switch and all of a sudden becomes something completely different than what we're seeing right now. He's a liability. And we all know if Colorado loses this series, it's going to be because of him. They've been giving Colorado or, or Tampa Bay way too many freebies. And they're too good. And in a series like this, you can't afford to do so. They did it in game one. That game had no business going to overtime. Colorado completely dominated Tampa Bay. The goals against were very, very weak. Although Vasilevsky, the goals he gave up in that game, especially in the first, weren't great either. But Darcy Kemper, I mean, I've been saying this all season long. All season. I want to see it when you get to the playoffs. This guy hasn't played a meaningful game in the NHL in a long time, including during the regular season because they ran away with it all season long. And he spent the last several years in Arizona. Oh, you're unbelievable. They're two wins away from the Stanley Cup. <laughs> you're telling me Francois is going to be Vasilevsky no. two out of the next four games? I don't know if Kemper. No, he's not. I don't know if Kemper's The only way to. they're going to win is with Kemper. The only way they're going to win a Stanley Cup is with Kemper. Kemper got – no one talked about Kemper and his poor play when they were up 2 nothing in this series. Well, not, not, a, not a mention. Yeah, he didn't play well in game three. No one did. The team didn't play he well. He didn't play well in game one either. Okay, they won. And They're two wins away. Let me tell you how, how many works. shots you, combined if, did, if he, did he face in the first two games? Maybe 40? If you lose your – if you, you this is a coach. Uh, you will lose your job if you go to Francois mm -hmm. for game four and they lose. Okay. That's a, that's a reason to lose your job. Whether you like it or not, Kemper is the guy who's going to win you the cup. That's the goalie that – they brought in. That's the goalie who's number one. I think it would be a, an, a huge mistake. Maybe you start him for game five, depending on what happens. Mm -hmm. For game four, you have to go back to Kemper. Well, I don't disagree. I just said that, too. I, I think game four, you probably go back to. I, I think I think you're really asking for it if it doesn't work in your favor in game four. But, Jamal, it really can't go much further than that. They gave up, what, 16 shots on goal in game two, 23 in, uh, in the first game of the series. So, you know, he... He didn't get a ton of work. Kemper didn't in the first two games. Fewer than 40 shots in the combined two games. I, I just, watching this guy against St. Louis, I mean, there were games that went to overtime, games that the Blues won that the, the Avalanche really had no business losing either when the Blues had that big third-period comeback. He, he, he just looks a little bit like a liability. And, and I just wonder, and you can tell me this, you know, when you're on the ice and you're playing with a goaltender that you don't have a whole lot of confidence in, how that can impact the rest of the team's overall play. I think you're, there's some truth there, but I think winning teams overcome find a way. That? Overcome do, bad goaltending? They, well, not. They, they need decent goaltending. Mm -hmm. They don't need great They don't need him to be Vasilevsky. I was thinking about this. They don't. And think about this. I want you to give like some real fun. Who's the last team that won a Stanley Cup with like average to below average goaltending? I, I can't remember. I went through my head. I'm like, even Matt Murray stood on his head. Jordan Bennington stood on his head. You know, whoever was in goal for Washington stood on his head. Like, Chris Osgood, 
you know, even though he's not considered that he wasn't like a superstar goaltender, although he's in the conversation for Hall of Fame or whatever, he had some great performances in the Stanley Cup final playing with a great team. I, I, I can't tell you the last team. It's almost Near like because someone brought up Crawford, but you can speak to that. This guy played great hockey in the playoffs, right? No, no, he was he was a gamer. Now, Niemi? Did he win you games? Absolutely. And he found a way to make the saves when he needed it. You a once told me Niemi was the hardest working goaltender you had ever seen in practice. Yeah, it was annoying. Which tells me the the team still had confidence in like liked him. But he wasn't he didn't look comfortable to me all the time. No, I that. agree with that. Well, he wasn't great. He was a right. good goaltender. But he he worked his tail off. It was annoying as a fourth line guy because I practice was an hour and a half and with him it was 2 hours and 15 minutes cuz he just wanted more shots i just want to get he off wouldn't the get ice. off the ice yes would you ever be like hey listen get that's it. enough yes that's enough did you know him from oh no you didn't know him from chicago no yeah cuz he won a cup but i mean at the same time jamal i remember when they won their first cup and i went to a couple of those games in chicago and he was great like i mean he played great in that stanley cup final and I think San Jose thought that they were maybe getting something a little bit different. Remember, he got the big payday because he won the cup. Uh, so he didn't give them average goaltending. You know who had average goaltending was like the other side, Philadelphia. Yeah, you know, they, they got Boucher and Michael Layton and those guys. Yeah, they got average. <laughs> As prongs. As prongs. So, you know, I just, I, I'll just be interested to see if, if Colorado, we all know how good they are. Are they that good to overcome they are. that type of performance from your goaltender? They are that good. Okay. And I won't disagree with that. But they're going to have to, like, play with a, more urgency and understand, like, this could be the series, this game. This could be the series. Knowing that maybe their goalie's fragile, maybe the momentum goes into Tampa's favor. Mm -hmm. It does. I mean, t series tied 2-2, two -two. it's hard to bet against. Defend, you know, two-time Stanley Cup yeah. champions. The energy goes back to them. The narrative goes back to Tampa. Everything goes back to what's wrong with, with goaltending. What's wrong with mm -hmm. you? Don't, you haven't scored five on five. Like all the questions start coming up for Colorado, and they perhaps, you know, never done it before. So they start thinking, shoot, is this is this slipping away from us? We're did, only two wins away. Did you think it was a big deal for John Cooper to leave Vasilevsky in the net for the third period of Game Two? Because there was a lot of talk heading into the third, because I think it was already a four or five nothing game at the time, and uh, people were saying, "Hey, just go ahead and get him out of there and just get him ready for the next game." I think John is one. I don't. I don't know Coop terribly well, mm -hmm. but I feel like he's one of the most thoughtful, um, cerebral people, and so much. He's so self aware. Mm -hmm. And very aware of the players and yeah. and the and the psychology. Because you don't want to embarrass him either. But the reason why, in my opinion, that he did that is that his teammates care. The teammates care about Vasilevsky. That's their guy. And when he left them in there, he was sending a message to them as you you did this to him. Mm -hmm. And I'm not bailing you out. Really? Like the the players really think that way. Well, I think when he went back in in the third, they started to feel terrible. Mm -hmm. I would feel terrible. How do we let this happen to our guy? This is unacceptable. Mm -hmm. And I think he wanted them to feel that. He wanted them to feel that, pull on their their care factor and the fact that they love each other as teammates, that they that how could they do this to their guy? And I'm not going to save you. I'm not going to pull him and save him for you guys not playing the right way. Mm -hmm. You're going to live with it as a group. 
and we'll see how you respond next game. Yeah, well, that's one thing about John Cooper is he does understand his players. He understands personalities. I don't think he wanted to embarrass a Hall of Fame goaltender either. That was yeah. not the intention. And I can I can probably bet that he went and talked to him after and said, "What do you want to do? This is why I did this," or or tell him after, mm-hmm. like I did this. I did this to send a message to them. Couldn't he say, "Hey, listen, do you want to stay in?" Could he, no, couldn't he, he, no, because what if his answer is no? Mm-hmm. Then you can't do what he wanted to do, right? Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. want to add in my head. That's my thinking. If I'm John, can you I'm go Coop, say, "Hey, I'm leaving you in. Here's why." You could do that, yes, mm-hmm. but you. He probably could just tell him the same thing after. He's a professional. He's going to go in and do his best. Mm-hmm. Probably pissed off, but that's okay. The conversation could be had afterward. That's just my thought if I was yeah. thinking how that may have mechanically worked. Did you think the hit from uh, Taves on Kucherov was that bad? It looked like his leg got caught underneath him. I didn't think the cross he hit, he hit him in the pants. It wasn't that. You know who you're hitting. You know the impact that player has. Mm-hmm. If you have the opportunity to skirt the line and do something. Of course something, you do it. You, you do that. And it's the same hit, I forget, that uh, Manson did on Perry. His stick got caught into his skate. Mm-hmm. And usually when that happens, you you let the guy go into the boards. You don't accidentally on purpose slide into the boards and let your knee or shin run him into the face. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> that was on purpose too. Mm-hmm. But did you think it was that dangerous of a play by Taves? I mean, we see that all the time, Jamal. I mean, he didn't get him. Like, remember last year, Scotty Mayfield Kucherov right in the ribs, broke his ribs. Like that was like you know you've got no protection there. You know what you're doing. This was at the top of his pants and the back. It just kind of pushed. I thought, and then watching Kucherov on the power play. A few minutes later, trying to take one timers and not being able to push on that push off on that leg, it, to me it looked more like the leg got caught underneath his body. But I don't think people are wondering if he's going to play the next game. The fact that he stayed in the game, even though he ended up leaving early, tells me that he's probably going to be okay and he's going to play. I don't know. I don't know. That's not a good sign because he, he left. Was, he was unbelievable. Yeah, he was. And um, what, what do you like the most about him? Because he's he's a guy who he doesn't play with a ton of pace, but his his patient game is similar to Patty Kane in a way. Mm-hmm. What do I like about it? Like his game mm-hmm. in general? Yeah. A, f- a lot of things. His patience, his ability to use the width of the ice, mm-hmm. his one-timer. Uh, but he has a bite to his game too. There's a bite that he doesn't – he's probably been growing up where old, you know guys have been trying to take advantage of him physically, and he'll come back at you. Mm-hmm. And, Much like Malkin. And I like that, too. Yeah. that. That – that sets him apart, that fire and that competitiveness, supreme confidence, who was invisible for game one and two, him and Stammer, and Stammer probably we haven't talked about enough either, had an unbelievable game. They were only getting back in this series if those two guys stepped up in the absence of Braden Point. And so for him, I think he's put himself, I believe, in elite of elite of elite company uh, playoff point-wise. Yeah, I think. They put a board up that was Gretzky, Trache, and one other player that he compares to. And like points based per game. Based on or points uh, over the three year stretch in the playoffs okay. in history. Okay. Like it's this remarkable. No, what he's been what doing. What he's been able to do. Can I ask you? I want you to think hard about this question because, like, I, I, I think it's a fair question. Especially when people were saying a couple of years ago, and I said this the other day. I said it on our podcast that dropped today. If 
if Tampa Bay was going into the bubble now, they wouldn't have as much success, in my opinion, as they did when they went into the bubble a couple of years ago. Having won the last two Stanley Cups, I think the motivation to win for them then, to stick it out under those circumstances, in those conditions, was different than maybe what it would have been if they already had a couple of, of Stanley Cup rings in their pocket. If they don't win the Cup this year, does it does it at all change how you view the last two Stanley Cups that they've won in the pandemic era? No. No, it's difficult. It's probably more difficult to win when they won with nobody in the building. And mm-hmm. uh, but you, I, I've, you, heard, you, I've heard that. Do you, you, think you could that? argue the setup and who they had to play wasn't as good. Correct. Either. They played Montreal in the final you know, last no offense, year. But Dallas was, a couple years yeah. ago. Like the St. Louis's, the Washington's, the Boston's, these veteran teams that had won in recent years, none of them wanted to be there. They have families. They didn't like it. They're like, this is stupid. There's no fans in the building. The motivation for them was way different than the Dallas Stars and the Tampa Bay Lightning, who hadn't won. Tampa Bay had just gotten swept when they had a historic season the year before. Yeah, I agree. I think the one thing that makes it interesting to me is people are saying that this, I heard on radio on NHL Network, there's these guys saying that this Tampa Bay Lightning team is better than the Blackhawks team that won three cups in seven <laughs> years. I'm like, even if they don't win. Oh, they really? Say, no. No, that's not right. That's not accurate. Three cups in seven years mm-hmm. is greater than two cups. In whatever. The, no, they win the third one, yes. Right. Yes, they get that. But no, three cups in seven years or whatever it was. Now, if they win another cup next year, yeah, then they're better. But you have to have the third one. Mm-hmm. So you can't say even without even if the they third. Lose. It's like, come on. No, I know that they've been to all these conference finals since right. 2015. Right. I think that's when it started for them. They but went to the final in It, it doesn't matter unless yeah. you win. It's the two wins that matter. If they get the third, then, then we can start talking about the comparisons. Yeah. But not without the wins. How do they compare to Chicago as a team? Their goaltending's better. Goaltending's better. High-end different, like a lot of similarities to mm-hmm. the probably the 2010 and 13 team. Um, Who impacted the game the most for Wash or for Chicago on the back end? Was it Keen? Or was it was it uh, Keith? Was it Seabrook? Who who was it? Defensively was Keith. Offensively was Seabrook. It was Mister Overtime. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable in overtime. Um, Bufflin. <laughs> we don't talk about him and his impact and what he did. Mm-hmm. Like that 2010 team was 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 amazing. I mean, 2013 when we won, not not to digress, but we won mm-hmm. 26 games to start the season or undefeated yeah. to start the season. That was a heck of a run to win the President's Trophy and the Stanley Cup. Very few teams get to do that, but mm-hmm. it's hard to compare team to team because it was right. it's unfortunate with the salary cap they had to remake teams, mm-hmm. and that's probably why it is impressive what Tampa's been able to do to replenish those players that have done extremely well in their careers. And then they have to get paid more and they end up moving on, mm-hmm. right? Tampa's done a really nice job of reshaping their third and fourth line. They have. Bring, Although, bringing they, in a Corey Perry. Yeah, and then bringing in, like, even Nick Paul with the trade deadline. Oh, unbelievable. You know, um, Hagel, who you know yes. from Chicago. Those, like, are, those are moves that don't get them to the final again mm-hmm. if, they don't, if they don't make those. Yeah. So that's a lot of credit goes to them. After the end of a good fight, 
You deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. For being able to do that, it's pretty impressive. No, it is. Um, although they spend like eighty, ninety million dollars anywhere. Well, they should. Ninety or hundred. The chance to do it is now because they're always in. You have the salary cap issues, and then they put guys on long term oh, injury. Yeah, it's then, brilliant. Then they bring uh, Kucherov back for the postseason, much like Chicago did a few years back with Patty you Kane. Well, you don't want your best players to get hurt. No. Let's be clear. It was they turned a bad situation into a good one. Yeah. It actually worked out. It works out if you can get him back in the playoffs. Could have easily Colorado been out did the, long the same. Game. I mean, listen, they lost Landis Gog for a long time. Yep, I think he missed thirty games or something like that. Um, yeah, I'm just curious. I mean, I, I do think because I just got to be consistent with what I said all along. I thought the Stanley Cup, even prior to Tampa Bay winning, when they left for the bubble, I thought the bubble was like you know I didn't know how to envision it. So I enjoyed watching hockey, whatever, in the middle of the summer. That was fine. That was no problem. But it wasn't the same. And I felt like there was an asterisk that goes on that Stanley Cup just because it's a different environment, different circumstance. Not to diminish it than a, than a, than a typical Stanley Cup. And then the, the next year, just based on the way the playoff brackets were, and you're playing Montreal in the Stanley Cup final, it just I just feel like Tampa Bay, I'm not saying they have to win – this year to legitimize who they are as a franchise, but it would certainly go a long way in quieting whatever people think about the previous Stanley Cup. So uh, that's a fair point. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good point because no one's going to argue or ask you who you beat mm-hmm. when you win two Stanley Cups. But I think even for them, yeah. they're like this. They probably heard rumblings. Mm-hmm. Eh, he played Dallas. He played Montreal. It kind of, I think. It's funny, right? You find silly motivation in mm-hmm. little things, whether it's let's win it one for Corey Perry, who won when he was a rookie, and it's been this is his third final in a, in three years. Let's win it for him, mm-hmm. or let's win it for the next guy who you know who hasn't won one. They've got a couple. They've got a handful of guys who've right? never won, and I think that's another smart managerial thing to do when you have a team on the cusp is mm-hmm. bringing in because we're such the culture of hockey. Is I want him to feel that feeling. Mm-hmm. They all they all want to rally around that guy, yeah. and that teammate, and so that wasn't done without thought. That was strategic and smart of the organization to identify that. And every team does it, right? You think mm-hmm. back in the history of the game, um, whether it's Ray Bork, um, you know, Billy Garen when he's in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. They do. They all do that. They all, even though they had won before, yeah, but still, like, let's have a, they, it pulls on the heart yeah. of what hockey's all about, and and it's smart, and that's what good GMs, good man, management teams do.
Although I, I wasn't sure at the time if, if Corey Perry made the right decision of going to Tampa Bay because the chances of winning three consecutive Stanley Cups are so rare and you just don't ever see it happen. And if he's chasing another cup, I just thought, oh, I don't know, to go with the team that just won two in a row. He should have gone there last year, not now. But he well, obviously... It's also opportunity, It right? is, it is. He's looking at where he could fit in. They were up against it. Veteran they, team. He knows guys on the team. It's Tampa Bay, winning environment. You know, he has won a cup, too. It's kind of a no-brainer. I think they gave him a two-year deal, too. Good for him. I like Corey Perry. You don't see too many players... Like, younger hockey fans probably have no idea how good this guy was. That he scored 50 goals and won a Hart Trophy. I don't think they do. Crew, did you know Corey Perry scored 50 goals? No, he didn't know. He did know. Oh, he did know. He did? For what team? Oh, that a boy. In 93 points. In 93 points. Okay, well, <laughs> these video games, man, I'll tell you. <laughs> no, that's good call by Crew. Crew Mayor's in the house today. So, no, but I think most kids probably don't know. I think you're right. I think that. They think he's a fourth line guy who's always involved after the whistle. Yeah, and he's a winner. I hated playing against him, but he was, I probably wasn't on the ice as when he was out there very often, but you have to respect a guy who I think in today's NHL is an old school soul, right? He could play in any era, mm-hmm. was never a great skater, scored goals his entire career the hard way, went to the front of the net. Yeah. But skilled. T- very skilled. Took a beating to get there, but doesn't have like an amazing shot. No, I don't remember him scoring from the top of the I, circle. I bet you 85% of his goals of his car- in his career have been scored around the paint. It, it, you have to get willing to pay a price to get there. And he, he played in an era where he did have to do that. Yes. So, uh, you know what? You you want you, know, you want to see guys have success that do that. And Am I tired of watching Tampa win? I like Coop, so I want him to win. Mm-hmm. Want Maroon to I'm kind of tired of watching them. You know, win. although I love, I love, I'm with you, and it wouldn't kill me to see those guys win another one at all. But I, I as a sports fan, as a hockey fan, I, I like to see different teams win it. People don't like Colorado because of the Cronky factor, or because they beat the Blues, or whatever. But it's a compliment. A, as There's a only ho- two teams now, I know who have beaten them. Beaten them. As a as a hockey fan, I I just really appreciate the way that they play and the high end, high end talent that they have. Like they're 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 that good. I can watch Colorado play any day of the week. Yeah. Well we knew how skilled they were. You watched their back end. They picked up Manson who gave him some sandpaper. Is oh, he they're... that tough? Or if his last name was like Johnson and not Manson, would we would we be labeling him because listen, he's a right shot I know the Blues are going to be looking for a top four left shot. All the best defensemen available this summer happen to be right shot, which is crazy. Klingberg, never Latang, all these guys are right shot, you know. And then you've got, you know, Manson. But I, I watch him play, and and I know he's had a couple of big hits in this series, and he's noticeable. He's scored a couple of goals, and uh, so I like him as a player. Don't get me wrong, but he's got this reputation of being this big bruiser, well, tough guy. And I'm like, eh, I don't know, is he or he's just a guy who plays hard. Well, what is tough in today's NHL? Mm-hmm. So I would argue that, yeah, in twenty in twenty twenty two, he is He's the modern the epitome toughness. of tough of tough mm-hmm. because toughness is not is if toughness in nineteen two thousand two was fifteen percent of it was would you stick up for your teammates and fight? Mm-hmm. I think it's like two percent now. Mm-hmm. So does it even matter if he's actually fight tough? He's 
hard to play against tough, which I think matters more in 2022. So by the definition of today's NHL, by all, any metric, he's he's tough. He plays hard. He finishes his checks. And he's very, very responsible. Um, you know, I find it funny watching the analysis on networks and things and talking about that goal. No one talks about, no one mentioned, like, what kind of pinch was that? Look at how they jump and activate. But I'm like, mm-hmm. where is Tampa's D going <laughs> to let Manson, like, jump into the play? Um would you sign if you're the Blues? Because I listen, like Manson fits what the Blues are looking for. So what's is it? It's got to be an either or or question for me. Well, here's my question. So because obviously he fits the the mold because of size and toughness and all that, but you know he may make a little bit too much money. And again, they're looking for somebody on the left side. So do they want to slide somebody over? Can he play? Whatever. Would you have any interest in a guy like Zadorov who played in Calgary this past year? I liked him more this year than I did when he was in Chicago. I didn't think he was very good in Chicago. You can speak to that. He was not good in the playoffs this year for the Flames. I don't think he can play. I don't. I think he makes poor decisions. I think he runs out of position for the hit. I think he, hits, he takes a straight yeah. line in the neutral zone and tries to hit people, and he activates things and stuff behind him. I don't think he reads the play that's come out at him very well, mm-hmm. and I, I think he's slow. Okay. For all those reasons, I think that would be a poor decision. I'd rather have Manson at the risk of – Perhaps not Letty, who I like. Um, Letty, I think, Letty wants four years and maybe even is creeping with this idea that he can get a fifth year in free agency. He wants five and a half, if not closer to six at that term. He's 30-31, and, and I like Letty a lot. I know you've talked about his skating. You obviously know him very well. And um, I really appreciate what he does. But to me... He doesn't do enough. He's not a complete defenseman. He doesn't produce, you know what I mean? Like, he's kind of soft with the puck on a stick. It's just getting the puck in the zone sometimes. He just kind of lays it in there, and it gets knocked down or whatever. You know, you'd like to have him with that. But I look at the internal cap for the Blues. I see the salaries of guys like Pareko, Falk, Krug, all at that six-and-a-half area. Even Pareko, everyone wants him to produce more. He still puts up 30 points a year for the most part. And, and you're not going to get that from Letty. So Letty... If those guys are six and a half, you know, maybe he is five and a half here. I don't know. But that's a little too much for him. Yeah. I don't know about the dynamic of right, left, 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 right. I'm talking about just the player. And yeah. If, oh, Manson. I, I like, I think Manson would be a good, would be uh, an upgrade and, and alleviate some of that expectation of what you want Perenko to do. I think there's people inside and outside the organization that have always wanted him. You are what you are. Mm-hmm. And I think he brings a ton of, unbelievable value to the to the back end and what he does uh, i'd rather see the positive and what he brings to the table mm-hmm. and sometimes if you wanted all the things that you wanted him I guess know. what he's going to cost 10 million he's here. nine million yeah exactly <laughs> so take what he is which is an amazing defenseman who does right. drives a lot of things for you um, he really helped the blues f- help fit that in a manson and maybe manson has played left i don't know mm-hmm. maybe he can play left maybe maybe pareko will Whatever. Right. Who knows? You know what I mean? Exactly. I, I I guarantee you, if Colton Pareko was standing here and you said, "Hey, can you play the left?" He'd say, hmm, "Why not?" Like he he wouldn't like be like, "No, I can't play the left." I'm sure it's a little bit. You know, there would be an adjustment, but I I would think that he could that he'd be willing to be a guy that would do it. Um, but Letty, listen, because I'm not gonna say he he was an upgrade defensively over Crew. Crew got hurt, if you remember, and he kind of slid into that top four role. You know, he just doesn't bring. 
other areas of the game, specifically the production, because he does have some offense, and obviously he's a great skater. And he never listened to me. When he was a rookie, I told him, work on your one-timer. And he just looked at me, and I'm like, buddy. Because he doesn't have a great shot, not a hard shot. Yeah, but if you have a one-timer you have to worry about, now you're a threat on the power play. If I know you're just going to pass it or shoot muffins, I'll stand in front of that so all day So you long. really can't run a power play or quarterback a, an effective power play without the ability to be a one-time threat. You have to be a one-time threat, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, all the best ones are. Because if if not, I'll, just, I'll play you a little softer because I know my D are going to block those muffins mm-hmm. or because we're going to block all the wristers. Yeah. And you're just going to be a passer. I can put my – I don't have to really protect that lane. You played a lot. You played several games against Hedman, correct? Yep. Killing penalties, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. hard does he shoot? Heavy. Shoots it hard. Like that's a guy you got to respect his shot. To. Yeah, he he looks he, to shoot. And so what happens is, I don't know, unless your name's Ryan Johnson, who like getting fed one-timers and just taking one knee and – that wasn't with my thing. Face, I like to with his face exposed. My my theory always was cut the distance so the closer I can get to you, the luck, the lower it's going to hit me. So is that your feel? You get the closer you, you get, the hard, less hard is it? It's not going to hit me in a. It's going to oh. hit me in a least vulnerable spot. Okay, maybe hit me in the. Feet. Might hit you in the foot and break yeah, your foot. That could happen, but that's part of the job description. Mike Green did that to uh, Jaden Schwartz. He was having like an MVP season. Schwartz never really was the same player after that injury. He was unbelievable first half of that year and suffered a significant, like he, it was kind of an innocent little wrist shot. You didn't think it would really hurt him, but it busted his foot up. Um, all right, we got to take a break. Tell me about Dodge Tire and Auto Centers. And real quick, when we come back, I'm going to get Jammer's take. Tonight's the award show. We've got the Hart Trophy, Norris, Vesna, all that. I'll give... Uh, Jamal his options and we'll see who he goes with but first as always throughout the entire season hot Mike has been brought to you by in part by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers yeah thanks to Dustin Dobbs and the whole Dobbs crew you know Dobbs is locally owned and family owned they've been what first opening their doors back in 1976 no matter what you drive a car light truck van SUV CUV hybrid or EV Dobbs has the experienced team of tire and service professionals and state-of-the-art technology and quality parts to service your vehicle right. Dobbs is so convenient. 42 stores, the most in, in town. So you can get valuable deals on new tires or ex- expert auto service close by and same day. Dobbs team and tire and service pros includes more than 500 associates. An incredible, dedicated team of experienced associates and technicians who will get your vehicle in, up, fixed, and out the same day. Go to Dobbs.com for more. There you go. Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Hey, I will mention as well, because Tim Peel is out today. He's on assignment for our last show. We thank our our sponsors as well that he brought to the table, Professional Imaging, as well as Don Brown Chevrolet. you got Bartolino South, who we'll talk about as we move forward. And, uh, of course, Dobbs Tire and Auto Center. None of this would be possible without our great sponsors that we had here on Hot Mike throughout the course of the season. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Uh, Jamal Mayer's in the house. Uh, I'm Andy Strickland. Crew Mayer's is here. Cole is here. This guy's telling people that, that, that work here that he's my son, and they, be- they, be- they believed him. <laughs> I love it. It was a giant a Norse- misunderstanding. Yeah, this, well, this one guy's like, I didn't know you had a 23-year-old son. I was he's, like, I didn't. You're like, neither did I. <laughs> he's going vintage on us. He's got the North Stars. That's a sick Yeah, I knew it was going to be on Hot right. Mike today, so I brought out a shirt that uh, I know nothing about them other no. than they were in Minnesota, and now they're in Dallas. That's got Dino Cicerelli, Neil Broughton written all over it. You look like Petro, by the way. I'm going to start calling you Petro. 
I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back and uh, continue on with Hot Mike here on 590 The Fan. Now more of Hot Mike on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. All right, Hot Mike continues, brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Also, Bartolino South, if you're uh, looking for dinner, you go to Bartolino South, one of four locations for the Bartolino family. Jammer. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, doesn't matter if you're getting pasta, appetizers, just going for drinks, the beautiful patio they have out there. Four restaurants, Bartolino South, Bartolino's Osteria, Chris's Pancake and Dining, Chris's at the Docket, Forged many lasting relationships with customers. Their family model, cook good food, serve plenty. 50-plus years in business. Only two places to dine, at home or out of one of Bartolino's family of restaurants. Thank you so much for sponsoring the show. And uh, I know that everyone loves going to your restaurants, and you always continue to support the blues and, mm-hmm. and hockey in town. So thank you very much. Yeah. No, I, I second that. Listen to all the sponsors, but Bartolino South has been great as well. And we've heard from some listeners who have gone out there and checked it out, and they've come back and been like, wow, you guys are right. Amazing spot. Um, and uh, the the customer service you get from them is second to none. Like, great people. They've, they've had their employees for like 50 years. It's like, you know, too good to be true. But it's the truth. And they've got a bunch of locations and uh, – and my in-laws keep going there too. They love it. So you don't have to tell them every time you go there that you're my, you know, in-laws. You know? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> They're still going to give you great service regardless. <laughs> They're looking for like a, an extra pizza. No, or I just think they just like to have the small talk. So it's funny, but uh, they're great people, and, and uh, so are the Bartolinos. All right, we've got the um, NHL awards tonight. Listen, and, and no one even knows it's tonight. By the way, it's like I want to tell people because they've been handing out Jack Adams Award and some of the other I don't want to call them secondary awards, but not the big ones. Um, Selkie was given out to Patrice Bergeron recently, so you know tonight's the uh, the big the big night. You got the uh, Hart Trophy, which goes to the league MVP Ted Lindsay, which is voted on by the players. How do you vote for that? Is it to show up in your stall one day? Yeah, there's an a ballot. There's a ballot and a physical ballot in your stall. And then the player rep will go around and collect them and put them in a sealed envelope. Mail them. And mail them back to the PA. Are you guys all like, hey, who'd you vote for for the... Uh... It's just one vote. <laughs> I don't need to ask other guys. What my, Are you like, I hey, vote. who'd you guys... Who'd you, who are you voting for? After I voted. I don't know who to vote for. I can see Walt. I don't, I don't know. I mean, who are you voting for? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so who'd you vote for? Who was the best player you ever played against? You didn't play against Gretzky. Tough question. Nope. Missed him. Mario. It's got to be the answer. Mario was unbelievable. But um, Madano in his prime was unreal. Yager? Yeah, Yager. Forsberg. Mm. Sakic. Holly? Yeah, just unbelievable. Holly was unbelievable. I mean, I don't know how he scored all those goals. It's just (laughs) unbelievable how he could shoot the puck. Well, what was he scoring when you first? When you first got in, was he still scoring 50 or no? Oh yeah, what I what I what you learn about him is that first of all he's underrated passer, mm-hmm. doesn't get enough credit for how, what a playmaker he was, but just little of the finer details and the things that he would teach guys about how to get lost in the in the, yeah. in the slot, mm-hmm. the angle to take, how to you know go around the penalty killer on the backside, if you go in front of him he's gonna see you like all these little things that he would teach guys. It, there's just a thesaurus of uh, information in his head and the way that he thought the game. 
Where are you putting the Crosbys, the Ovechkins, Patty Kane? Yeah, up there. Uh, you know, they all in prongs. And when he won MVP, it was ridiculous the way mm-hmm. he controlled the game. Um, very lucky. When you play on good teams, especially with good D, you realize, like, wow, we're lucky. We're never picking pucks up off the wall. Mm. It's always on our tape. No. Like and Joe, you, Joe and Thornton, we, the best passer you played with? Yeah. Yeah. Just the he's, smartest. He's another guy they don't realize how good no. he was. Yeah, just an unbelievable <laughs> patience. And oh, my God. He knew. You talk about taking he, over He was already game. thinking ahead of, of the next the next play. Every touch he'd, he'd have was, like, the right play. Never really, never really turn it over or have a pass intercepted. It was like gets laughing that way. It never got stuck on the wall. Mm-hmm. He always seemed to be move it before he would get pinned. All right, so we got the Hart Trophy. We'll, we'll do that last. We'll go with the Calder first. Moritz Sider from uh, D- Detroit. You got Trevor Zegers from Anaheim. And then uh, Bunting from Toronto, who was like, what, 24, 25 years of age or whatever. He was a big hot name the first Half of the season suffered an injury, I think, late. But who are you going with for the Calder? Well, which is the rookie of the year? Yeah, I told right away. I eliminate Bunting. You yeah. play with Matthews and Marner, mm-hmm. and you're a little bit too old for me for what I I believe. If the he's eighteen, be. then maybe you'd then maybe reconsider. But even then, you're playing with a guy who had sixty yeah. some some goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, Zegrist came on later mm-hmm. at a good finish to the season. He's more of a flashier play player. I have to give it to to Cider, that what he was able to do. You look at his plus minus, his mm-hmm. ability to play in all situations as a young defenseman. Uh, that was most impressive to me. Yeah, he's incredible, and he will win the award. All right, the Vesna Trophy: uh, UC Soros, Jacob Markstrom, or Igor Shosturkin. Those are your options for the best goaltender in the league. Soros from Nashville, Markstrom from Calgary, and Shesterkin from the New York Rangers. I think there's more voters in Toronto and in New York and those bigger places. I think Shesterkin wins it. I wouldn't argue because we got to remember, everybody, this is about regular season. Right. I would be okay if Markstrom won. I would be okay with that as well, although Soros was great as well. I, I don't see there's any way possible that Shesterkin is going to lose. Uh, just based on he had a little bit of a lull though. He it did lasted about five or six weeks. He did. He was incredible the first half of the season. And neither one of those other two guys did that for Markstrom that long. may have been the most consistent yeah. of the three, but in terms of the highest level that they played at, no one reached just Sturkin's level. Very, very fair. Uh, let's go with the Norris Trophy. Kale McCarr. This is interesting. Roman Yossi had an incredible year for Nashville, and then Victor Hedman, who's always in the conversation from Tampa Bay. And the award goes to Roman yeah. Yossi. Okay. Hey, again, Makar any other year probably wins it. Yossi, and I don't have it in front of me, had something, something like, but the discrepancy between him and the second place player on his team as a defenseman <laughs> had to be the largest margin for a defenseman like leading his team in scoring. 30 points or something. So, I mean, it, it's got to go to him. Yeah. And and he, he what he did as a as a as a defenseman, was absolutely incredible. Certainly deserving. McCars, you know, he should win several throughout the course of his career. All right, Ted Lindsay Award. Uh, Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, or Roman Yossi. This is voted on by the players. Who do you think they went with? I think the players are going to say this year goes to Connor McDavid. Yeah. 
But I think it should go to Matthews. Well, here's this your is chance. Harder. Here's your it's chance. It's harder. It's so hard to score 60 goals. I really would love to get the ask Brett Hall. Mm-hmm. I wonder what he would say. I think he would say Matthews. Yeah. Okay. Well, the Hart Trophy for the league MVP, you have Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, and then Igor Shosturkin. Austin Matthews. Yeah. I think, I think Matthews, it's interesting. He will win the Hart as voted on by the media. And then you're right. I mean, Ted Lindsay. I just feel like the players. They don't even think about it. They're, they're like, like McDavid's they just, the best they player. They just go, the McDavid's the best player. Yeah, exactly. But you got to think about who had the best season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, uh, this is why um, Ovechkin, to me, is the greatest goal scorer in the history of the game. And I used to say Brett Hall, whatever, or Gretzky or whatever. Um, and I still think Hawley is the greatest goal scorer that I ever, you know, I grew up watching him. But if you look at his career, I mean, he scored, you know, the 80 goals, 70 goals, 60, 50. He had that six-year run where he was just lights out. The rest of his career, he hovered around 35, 40, somewhere in that range. He would get 30, you know, had a couple seasons where he was less than 30, which is just crazy that Ovech, he scores 50 every year. <laughs> you know what I mean? He never scores 30 or 40. It's like he's 50-plus every single season. He's still scoring 50. He scored 50 again this year? Yeah, he did. <laughs> That's, That's why people, you know, will he catch Gretzky and listen? 51? Messier, we had him on. He doesn't think he will because he thinks he's going to, like, maybe break down a little bit. I mean, he's showing no signs of breaking down. Oh, yeah. That, that's the one guy, I'll tell you, will not be breaking down anytime soon. And I don't see him. He's adjusted his game, though. He doesn't hit as much. I think that for that reason, he's yeah. he's smarter. He's I think he continues mm-hmm. for another four years. Well, he's just he's just not going to stop until he breaks the record. Right. If you're that close, why would you? You're just not going to stop. I think there's some nationality pride, too, mm-hmm. for him to be able to go to retire and be the greatest goal scorer in history mm. as a Russian. I think that means something to him and to who he is and for his people and all that. In the U.S. capital. Yes. There's going to be a statue of a Russian hockey player in the capital of the United States. <laughs> That's true. No, no, no one ever thought that was going to happen. All right, Jamal, listen, great stuff all season. Ton of fun. What do you have going on now for the summer? Well, crew and I are heading to Edmonton for the 2012s, which is his birth year. Nine-year-olds or already 10-year-olds tournament, and it features spring teams, which is our collections of all-star teams, if you will, for teams all over the country. So he'll, we don't have a team here in St. Louis. You have to try out for a team in Chicago. We'll Why don't we team. have a team? Is it just one per region? or what? I think it's per region. Okay. And uh, we'll be playing against Team Alberta, two teams from Toronto. Uh, there'll be teams from Pennsylvania, Michigan, under the Red Wings umbrella. And so there's a lot of great teams out there. It should be a ton of fun. No, that's going to be. I mean, there's. You it's talk, in the West Edmonton Mall. Yeah, and you talk about a tournament uh, with a lot of history. That 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 tournament certainly has a, a ton of NHL players grew up playing in that tournament. Did you play in it? I was. I'm too old. That tournament didn't <laughs> yeah, exist. It didn't when exist. I was a kid. Yeah, you were playing silver sticks and stuff like that. That's right. <laughs> Double A, buddy. All right. Well, good luck, guys, and I uh, uh, can't wait to hear how, how you guys you? do in Edmonton. We're, we're, we're headed on? on vacation. Nice. Um. And uh, I'm heading to the draft, actually. I'll be going to the draft, covering the draft for the Blues, coming up in just a couple of weeks. On July 6th, I leave for Montreal. And then we've got free agency. We've got um, camp, actually. 
which you guys should come watch the week of July 11th, which will be a lot of fun seeing all the top prospects. And good luck to Springfield, by the way. The Thunderbirds, the Blues affiliate in the American Hockey League, all tied up at one goal apiece in their best of seven series. we got to get out of here. It's 3 o'clock. Tons of fun, buddy. Bernie Nicholas is next. Have a great summer, everybody. We'll do it again next season. Perfect. (laughs) After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.